Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to A View From The Bullens, in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. Out by Lovren. And thumped back in by Phil Janielka. Bolt from the Everton Blue. Bounces kindly there for Barnby. Jeffers turns it forward, Campbell's onside. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullins. And this is the Merseyside Derby special with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Carl McKenna, Ben Wynn Stanley, and Michael Ball. Guys, it's the 239th Merseyside Derby on the weekend against Liverpool. Lee, what were your first memories of the Merseyside Derby growing up? Well, first of all, it feels like about 239 Derby. <laughs> <laughs> um, it probably is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, first memories, Mick. First one I went to was 1992, and it was a famous one. It was the one where I think we hadn't won for about four years, which at that time was a real drought in terms of derby wins. And it was the um, Peter Beardsley one at Goodison. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember it really well. I went with my best mate at the time, Daniel, and his and his dad, who's a red, and we were sat in the family enclosure. And it was one of the, them times where there was always loads of Reds in the in the Gladys streets and everywhere. I just remember seeing loads of Liverpoolians dotted around. Um, and they went 1-0 up. Liverpool went 1-0 one, one up. I think it was Mark Wright scored the header. And then Mo Johnson scored with like a, the worst P-roller ever. I think Mike, Mike Cooper <laughs> was in goal for Liverpool, wasn't he? Um, and it like trickled in off the post somehow. And then, yeah, that little lovely one-two between Beardsley and Gary Ablerton. Uh, I remember just going mad. I think I was, what was I, eight. I just remember going nuts. And then after the game, I really specifically remember they played Land of Hope and Glory over the Tannoy. And <laughs> there was fireworks 
And so that was how much of a big deal it was to beat Liverpool after sort of four years of not winning. So mm-hmm. that's my first memory, Mick, yeah. A good one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Carl, what was your first memory growing up? Do you know what, Mick? I didn't really get to go with the games when I was a wee nipper. Um, I probably only went to like my first derby game. Probably the game we won when Andy, Andy Johnson scored two. Um, Tim Cale got the opener in that game. That was probably the first actual game I went as a derby game. Um, and it was obviously a great memory. I'm very fortunate not to have gone to the games where we've been beaten, to be honest. Mm. So, all my derby memories, mate, of actually being in the stadium when I was younger with, with, with that game. Uh, obviously, I used to watch them where you could on the telly. But uh, my dad used to go to the game with, with his brothers and most of the time, mate, they were double-clicking in, if you remember that, <laughs> them days. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was one of them, get under the turn style, lad. But uh, <laughs> I, I was never really like up for doing that with my handful of so I, I didn't intend to go to the games when I was a kid. The first game I went to was a derby game. Was that game and a fantastic results? And you know, I I used to think Andy Johnson. I used to love him as a player. You know, I don't know why. I used to just really, really fancy him as a player. And you know, in that game, we got a bit of luck, didn't we? With um, Gerard, I think Gerard had, had an injury in the first fifteen minutes in the game, if I remember rightly, uh, and he, he got dragged off. Um, and then obviously we ended up taking to get sort of getting it from from that side of him leaving the pitch. We were, we were right up for the game. Um, well, is that a different game? One about this? Is that the FA Cup game? That one? That was the FA Cup, the golf yeah, game, was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I went to that one as well. Actually, to be honest, that was another game I went to. So I've been to two, but the first one was two two thousand and six. I think that might have been the Andy Johnson game. Correct. Shutting along their minds. So, yeah, as I say, Mick, that was my first derby game, mate, and obviously it was a very fun one because we absolutely battered them and Pepe Reina made a few howlers in that game, let me <laughs> tell you. But uh, them, them days of the derbies for me, Mick, were fantastic. I mean, a lot's changed in football itself. Now, Borley will probably be able to relate to it a lot more than me. But, you know, I just if you look back on them games now, you'd, you'd probably see how intense they was, you know what I mean? And you could, the fans were even intense, even at such... A young age myself, 22, 23, I was like raring to go and, you know, the blood was rushing through your veins and I don't know, I just, I wish football could go back to them them times and, you know, I, I, I don't believe that it ever will now with all, will at all the technology that's going on, but that was definitely a fun game for me, mate, and I was actually bladdered as well on that day, <laughs> so it was even better. <laughs> so was I. So was I. <laughs> Ben, when I look back, I, I think of the, the recent times, like the Jagielka, the Screamer at uh, Anfield. Uh, I was at the game where Cahill stooped in and, and got an equaliser in the 86th minute with my brother in the away end. Uh, obviously, the Dan Gosling goal. I'm only 31, yeah, so good. my times are a little bit different. But what about you, Ben? Um, do you know what? I just love Derby Week. I used to just love the feel around the city. You just see reds and blues just going out playing Kirby and heads and Vs in the road and the full Everton kits and Liverpool kits and do you know what? Our city's great. It comes together at times like this. Um, obviously, there's a massive, massive rivalry, but you don't fall out over it. It was like a big... Everyone used to just say little banter at one another, slide digs here and there. But it, it, for me, it was hard growing up being an Evertonian, to be honest. Um, obviously, we had the 99 last away win, and since then, it hasn't happened since. But my, my first ever Derby experience, I think I was only seven years of age, um, it was... Back in 1997, I believe, and I think we won 2-0. I think Neil Woodock scored an own goal and Danny Kadamatri scored. And I believe, if I'm right, I think Borley came on for Danny Kadamatri. 
um, at Goodison and um, obviously sealed the win. But I think at the time it was uh, it was just it was just mad. I remember the crowd. I remember the I remember having me hot dog at the end and going, "What is this? This is unbelievable." I still didn't really know what was going on, but I'll never forget like my dad looking at me and go, "This is Everton, mate." And I, honestly, God, it just gives me tingles looking back now. It's everyone singing, everyone leaving the ground, cheering, happy. Seeing uh, Liverpool fans walking out the ground, booing them because I think they didn't know any swear words at the time. So it was a uh, no. I, I love these w- weeks, Mick, and it's it's so good for like the city. And I don't know how it's going to be this week, obviously with the COVID and the pandemic, what's going on. But you, you feel the atmosphere, you can feel the electricity, and the people just getting psyched up for it. Twitter at the moment's great to be. It's just everyone giving each other banter, and it, it, it's great to be a part of. I just hope we can get the business done. Mm. Did you buy Bally Silence? You don't remember coming off a Cadamatch, do you? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I did. Yeah, I did. I was, I was on the sideline warm. I think Michael Owen was warming up. He was asking me questions. He was, he was asking me questions about Cadamatch at the time, asking who's this kid. Obviously, I knew Michael quite a lot, so um, Michael didn't like any added pressure or someone else taking the limelight. So he wanted to know the ins and outs of Danny. And uh, Luckily enough, Danny done the business for us, and uh, I still give uh, Razor some stick that day. So yeah, that was that was a good fun memory. What was your first? What was your first memory growing up, Paulie, about the derby? Oh, I, the only one. I, it's it's not a good one. Um, well, you, you used to allow, allow to go to game for me, mum, as long as I went. So I've been going since I've been like three, four years of age. So memory wise, I can't really remember besides the '86 Cup final. Uh, my dad is it's like a large group, large group. My dad's the eldest of ten, so the big gang of them, your granddad and everybody, all went down to London on the day before the game. Um, and I didn't get a ticket, so I was gutted. Um, and then, luckily enough, my dad's friends knocked at the house, you know, at early hours. Felt like three or four o'clock in the morning to me at that that age. And then had the long train journey that felt like five days. You know, as a kid, falling asleep on the train about four times, waking up, are we there yet? Are we there yet? One of them. Uh, and then ended up meeting, meeting up with my family and obviously went to that game and you know, the, the crowd was, was was unbelievable. Both sides singing, I think it was Merseyside, Merseyside then. And and you just wanted us to win. I remember there was a stoppage in the game for quite a long period of time. And I just remember, um, I can't remember which Evan player it was, but warming up Bobby Mims at the time and, and I was just like in awe of what was going on, and it was just great to see Wembley full, you know, full to the brim. But unfortunately, Ian Rush does what Ian Rush does against us, and um, wiped the smile off our mm. faces. But um, and then '89 went, so after that, I didn't want to go to Wembley ever again. I thought it was a bit of a jinx. So <laughs> when '95 came, I was fifty-fifty. Uh, but luckily enough, you know, against United, we, we got the result. So I wasn't, I wasn't the. The jinx. So, yeah, but, um, one of Goodison's probably after the four-four game. I didn't go to the four-four uh, game at the time, but then the mm-hmm. the one-nil that was that was good because I think I nearly had the had the balls to run on the pitch after the game. <laughs> I, I was I was in the family enclosure, only a few only a few rows away from the pitch, and quite a few people in the area all ran on the pitch and dancing around a corner flag and I was I was nearly about to go and do it and I thought best not <laughs> but, uh, yeah so they were my early memories and it's just going to school it was it was it was school for the probably a week beforehand giving each other stick uh, with all your mates and and hoping to god that after the weekend you're coming in with your Everton scarf on or 
you know, an Everton hat on with a big smile across your face and you don't have to say anything. You know, they were the, you know, growing up, they were like the, the things you'd always wanted to do is get one over on your mates and have the bragging rights. Mm. Looking ahead, guys, Lee, is is this the, is this a derby that you're looking forward to, or, or are you dreading it? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not looking forward to it one tiny little bit. Nick, no, um, and there's a few reasons for that. I think obviously the record is it's just terrible, isn't it? It's it's horrible to even think about. I mean, we've all talked about our memories there. I remember high school between my high school years were between '94 and '99. And Everton that were more often than not struggling, but our derby record was brilliant. I always had the bragging rights as a blue in school. I remember under Joe Royal and then even under Walter Smith and then into Borley's era there, we always had a really, really good record in derbies. We went unbeaten for a while. And I think it was, we just, we wanted it more than Liverpool back then. And I think we didn't play the name. We just played the, the game sort of thing. I didn't even mean to rhyme then, but we... We, mm. I think the occasion gets the better of Everton now. I think that there's so much pressure from the fans and the club because, you know, as the as the years and the derby games tick on and we still haven't got a result, the pressure just grows and grows and grows. And I think that's where we've got to now. Um, you know, and it's got to the point where it's 11 years this year since our last win of any sort, not just away from from Goodison. Uh, it's 2010 last time we won a, won a game, so. It's hard to really go into the game with any confidence, Mick. I know we're we're a better side now than we than we have been in a little while, and we've got Ancelotti and stuff. But of course, we're going on, coming into the game on the back of a you know a, a very deflating result. I think law of averages as well is another reason which which I can't get me head around. I think Liverpool have lost three at home on the run. How often do Liverpool use, lose four on the run at Goodison mm-hmm. uh, at Anfield? Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just can't see it happening. I'd love, I'd love, love it to love nothing more. But I hate watching them. I can't watch it, uh, Mick. It's too nerve wracking. It means too much. Um, it's one of them where I'd rather be in the ground and I can vent and I can sort of de-stress and stuff like that. It's, it's just impossible to watch on the telly. Um, so I'm not looking forward to it one little bit. If I'm completely honest, um, I wish I was a bit more confident going in, Mick. But if I'm honest, I'm just not. One little bit. <laughs> Carl, are you looking forward to it or, or are you dreading it? No, I'm looking forward to it, Mick. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all for thinking about the future, mate, and forgetting about the past, I'll be honest. There's no point in us dwelling on the past and how long it's been that we've won a game against these over the road. You know, we've, we've got to be thinking of the future, you know what I mean? And that's why I always transfer in that mentality of get, get out the blocks early in games. And, you know, I think... Probably the character's going to be shown a lot for Everton team on, on the weekend. No matter what you think, you know, in that session room before the game, you've got to show character and we've got to come out. And at the end of the day, Liverpool have lost three games at home, right? They've lost three games for a reason. Brighton beat them. You know what I mean? Like, these are the conversations we've got to be having. So I wouldn't really put too much onus on, on the past, me, if I was, I was Ancelotti and, and I was an Everton player currently now. I'd be thinking, you know, we've got a good enough team here to beat these. Why don't we just show it for once? You know what I mean? Sort of attitude. Because mm. I think all Evertonians, including, you know, ones who've seen us win and ones who, who were probably a bit older at the time when we were dominating and, and we wasn't so, getting beat so many times. And, you know, let's let's prove to, to, to Everton FC as a club with the players that we've got and the manager that we've got at the helm that we, we can win. We can win this game. 
we, why can't we? Do you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm all for looking into the future. Me, I, I don't really dwell on the past because at the end of the day, if we get beat on Saturday, we got another game coming up the week later, and we need to get back to business. So, for me, I'm excited for the game, Michan. I'm very positive. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could be too positive, but you know, I, I just believe if I was sitting there in the changes now, I mean, I'm a local lad, obviously, but you know, you've got Tom Davis in there, you've got other, other players around the club that have been there for a while. You know, let's, let's change this mentality. Let's forget about the past. Let's think of the future. Do we still want to be a decade later next season unable to beat Liverpool? I don't, mate. I'll be honest, mm. I don't. Mm. So I'm open this rhymes to the players and they're still listening in, as always on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, mate, on Saturday, we can put a show on for everybody. And if we come away with a draw, I think that'll be a good result. Ben, you looking forward to it? Um, I'd like to say both of what you said there, Mick. I am look. I do look forward to these games, but I'm dreading it at the same time. Um, I love the build up to it. I get all excited, like you say. I think Liverpool is probably a good time to play Liverpool at the moment. They've got a bit big players missing, and I feel like we just need to go into this game with no fear. I feel like there's some sort of like mental block with Everton at Anfield. I think over the past 30 years, we've, we've won twice there in the league. So it's de- it definitely hangs over the mentality of the club, the board and the players for me. I, I feel like it's, do they panic? Do they freeze? I think over the past few years, I've been really, really excited. I'm 20 minutes in, we're 2-0 down. Mm-hmm. And, and literally, your, your, your game plan is out the window because... They're going to come at us regardless. They, they're going to want a reaction. As we said before, they've, they've had a few drastically bad results, especially at home over the past few weeks. So, Jürgen Klopp's going to want them to come out all guns blazing, as they normally do anyway. Um, but obviously, I, I feel like that we tend to perform better against the bigger sides, which we've seen in the league. Um, mm. Maybe inviting the pressure, defending well, and then hopefully kicking on it on the counter-attack. And, if we can nick a goal, I think Liverpool are the same as us. They're, they're also struggling to break down teams that like sit back. You're seeing like, the, the Brighton, your Burnley, the two banks of four, like what happens against us most weeks. Come on, come and break us down and you nick a goal. So I'm looking forward to it, Mick. I, I've, I've got a feeling the players are going to give something to us this week. I've, mm. I've, I'm really, really confident of it. Um, and obviously, with it being Derby Week, all the fans are excited. It's just, it's just be, it'd be great to have the upper hand on Sunday, uh, going well, Saturday night, going into Sunday. Just, I'd be ecstatic. I'm absolutely desperate for the performance. We, we, we've got to go in. We've got to fight. We've got to play for the badge, play for the club, play for the fans who are obviously watching at home who can't go the games. I just want to see that commitment from us at Anfield. Don't freeze. Play your game. Get stuck in. And really go at them because it's a perfect time to be playing them. Don't be, don't overthink about the atmosphere and the challenges ahead. And oh, we're at Anfield. No, we're Everton Football Club, and we, they can get a result. And as Carl said, if any of the players here listen in, I'm telling you now, do it for the fans and do it for like everyone at Everton because we're all behind you. We are all behind you, Carlo Ancelotti and all the players. And come on, Everton, let's get the job done. Bully, you played in our last win at Anfield in 1999, uh, a 1-0 victory with Kevin Campbell scoring the goal. Did it Did it take something special to go into that game and win it? Did you have a different mentality or, or did you just treat it as any other game and you just, you know, tried to not get embroiled in the occasion? <laughs> uh, 
as a local kid, no. As soon as the fixtures come out, it's, it's the first game you look at. <laughs> you know, when you're playing Liverpool, and you just hope that you're going to go in there with a bit of form. And as we, you know, it's all cliches, but you know, back then we weren't the better side. You know, Liverpool were a lot better than us. And to get results back then, we just had to be together and fight for each other and have each, have each other's back and hope, you know. Football is just about fine margins, and when you get an opportunity, hopefully you you stick it away. And thankfully, uh, Super Kev did, and you know. But it's it's been obviously far too long, and I think when Julio took over at Liverpool, I think he 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 knew that if they Liverpool tried to outbattle Everton, they wouldn't get results. You know that was the only way we could beat them was was to be up for the game, show more desire, and want it more um, as a team. And that's how we were sort of, you know, more successful back then. Um, Julio, I remember Liverpool was always trying to treat it as a normal game for, for them to have confidence and play in their normal way and they would win the game. Um, but the atmosphere of the fans and the city, I think Liverpool struggled to get that balance. But I think with modern day football, I think it's been easier for them just to play their normal game and treat it as normal as possible. Um, and we've been close. We've, how many times we've been close and we've got draws and derbies and we probably play better than them at times. But we've got nothing to lose. You know, the games, we know Liverpool are not on the form they like to be at. You know, they drop points at home. But all them teams, they had bravery. They, they had runners in midfield. Mm. They got themselves in the box and they asked questions of Liverpool. Yet we know Liverpool are mm. going to dictate the game and, and you know the forward players, you know they create a lot of chances, and you know if they breaks for them, you know you know nine times ten it's going in, but it hasn't. The football gods have been against them, and they've been penalised for it. So that's got to give us confidence to know they are beatable, you know. And we've just got to show that will and desire as a team. It's a you know, keep strong, but also have belief. Don't be passing backwards and sideways, and you know and inviting pressure. You turn them. We know where Liverpool's strengths are, and we know where the weaknesses are. You know, the full-backs are great going forward, but there's massive spaces there. So who, which personnel in our team is going to exploit that? Who's going to be running in, into them corners and dragging centre-halves out? You know, they're having that issue. So let's play on that. Um, and basically going back how we were, you know, we weren't the better side. We just had to keep it tight. And football was a lot different back then. You know, you probably watch the games now. They'll probably be disgraceful to watch. You, you know, you probably wouldn't see three or four passes put together. You know, it was a, it was a pass tackle, you know, crunch. You know, that's basically all it was. And that's, that's all I was focusing on. You know, get, you know, get, you know, get, you're, you're to play in. You know, but being a fan again, you know, I've sort of gone full full circle. It's, I think it's worse being a fan. Um, you know, I hadn't been to Anfield for a long, yeah. long time, and. I went last year, you know, when you think it was going to happen, thinking last time I was here, we won, so I need to go. All my mates oh, dragged no. me down there, so I'm not going, I'm not going there. But then, I, you know, I, I went expecting it to the voodoo to be over, and unfortunately, we, we crumbled. You know, it didn't break for us in the first half, and then second half, it was sort of, um, you just you can just sort of see it coming, couldn't you? But look, that's that's the past, and. Yeah, media build it all up. Um, how long it's been, us as fans build it up because you know it, we've been hurt, we've been embarrassed, we've been disappointed for so many years. Yeah. So what's the point talking about it? That these players now have got an opportunity to put themselves against the top quality side, but against their arch rivals to show them what we're all about. Yeah. And it's up to them to have that belief and confidence to have a go. You know, they know what it means to the fans. You know, they will be trying. 
but it's just about doing it for the full 90 minutes and and and, and give it give it a roll. You don't want to be walking off that pitch like some of them did against Fulham, where you can probably look at them in and go, I think maybe some of them might have had an eye on this game, thinking I want to be a part of all this. So let's hope that you go out and prove it uh, and prove to the manager why. He's put confidence in the start, in the starting eleven, and get a result for us. Lee, Liverpool are struggling at home over the last few weeks. No fans at Anfield, obviously. How do you expect us to approach this game? Do you expect us to approach it any? Yeah, different? I think we'll see a return to that back four that we've been crying out for. The ones that that, that saved us so well recently, Mick, with Keane and Mina and Dini have left back, and, and I think I'd like us to just stick with that for a bit because you know it's it's been a, def- a defensive lineup that's worked for us of late, so. I think certainly you'll see that come back in. Um, the the front three, this or the, the setup against Fulham clearly didn't work. So I'd be very surprised if you seen Guilty Sigurdsson starting up front. Um, but his press conference today sort of alluded to the fact that King wouldn't start. I don't know if, if anyone else took it that way, but it sounded mm, it sounded yeah, like he, that, perhaps yeah. he, he's he's not going to risk him or he's not quite up to match fitness just yet. So. Um, for me, I'd, I'd love to see Richarlison up front um, with Awobi coming in and uh, offering us a little bit of pace and width um, with Hamez on the other side. I think that that will probably be your front three. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, Alan's going to be back and we see it. I'd like to see a real combative battle in midfield of Alan Decore and Tom Davis in there as a three with you know plenty of energy and plenty of legs. I think Tom Davis deserves to start and like like Borley and the lads have said there, if we can just match them for, for fight and desire but and more importantly over the over the full ninety minutes then you know as if we're still in the game after an hour, seventy minutes, then Liverpool's recent lack of confidence is, is surely gonna become a factor. And you know hopefully we will get that little break or a, or a set piece or something like that and then this hoodoo because it's got I touched upon Laura Babbage's earlier on and the same thing applies to our record at Anfield you know it's 21-22 it's years Laura Babbage's would suggest that would you want so yeah Liverpool are not the team they were last season um, obviously they've been hindered by a couple of injuries which hardly ever get mentioned um, but <laughs> but they're not the team. They, they're not the team they were last season, and and I don't think they're getting the the look that they got last season either. Um, so if we can, it's all about us anyway. Let's not worry about what Liverpool do. Everton, you know, we've got enough to worry about ourselves, and we've got to apply ourselves correctly. Attitude's got to be spot on, and we've got to go into it knowing what it means to the fans and knowing what it means to the club to end this. Who do we've spoken about this, haven't we, Mick? Um, about what it would do. Mm to the club as a whole in terms of confidence and a change in mentality and I'm guilty of it a lot of the time you know my mentality is is very defeatist at times because I've been hurt Everton's my life I love Everton and I've been hurt and, and I've been disappointed and let down so many times it sort of drills it into you and it's hard to get out of but I think a win at Anfield could change that for a lot of, a lot of Blues and the club in general and you know obviously I'd love it to be Saturday but we are capable of doing it on our day, but things have got to go right, and we've got to we've got to get the attitude spot on first of all. So you know, fingers crossed, we can. Mm. 
Carl, how would you set up this game on, on Saturday? I'm just there and put my shinies on, Mick, and my boots. I'm just going to go in the garden, do some slide saddles. Paulie <laughs> <laughs> got you tight. Oh, mate. Honestly, Paulie, when you were chatting there, I was like, oh, wow. That was getting me shite there, I'm not going to lie. Um, but back to the question. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, Mick Lee's touched on it a bit there. It's, it's, it's a tough gig for us, isn't it? You know, it's, let's have it right. The best team in in the whale, potentially last season, you know what I mean? They absolutely romped the league. We were playing Man City on Saturday, or which obviously, and they've romped the league last year. We'd be saying, you know, let's sit back and <laughs> let's play cautious. But in derby games, anything can happen. And I'm all for playing the strongest 11, I think. Ancelotti, you'll, you'll know who's fit and who isn't fit. And I think Josh King is a little bit of a loss, to be honest. I'd like to have seen him hit the ground running, but he looks like he's not fit enough, so I'm a bit gutted by that because he's got a lot of pace in. And I think that could have hurt him in certain areas in the game. I think that could have hurt Liverpool, especially with what Borley said then about their full-backs bombing right on. He could have just left him out wide and said, look, don't even chase back, so to say. We'll just hit the ball to you every time you get it and maybe just went like one for a little bit. I don't know, there's opportunities there anyway for the team to counteract Liverpool, I think. And if Ancelotti decides to play Alan, I mean, he must be fit. Whether he's going to play 90 minutes in a derby, I'll be very surprised. So, it's another risky one for me. I, I, I don't know, I mean, I'm not too sure about Alan. I mean, he's been out for a while with a tough injury, hasn't he? I mean, he doesn't look like the nasty gifted fit player if that makes sense every time we see him play he looks like he, he could get injured easy if he plays plays too early or plays too many games mm-hmm. he looks like he probably could suffer injuries him not only because he's probably because he runs around a lot and, and he breaks up play all game so yeah I mean we're going to need some luck with that with the teams that we've got Dominic Carvalhoon is a massive massive miss for me in this game he's absolutely huge he, if he doesn't play which the loons who he could be fit. If he doesn't play, I think we, I think we might struggle. I really do. And Ancelotti will have his hands tied because obviously we, we ain't got another striker, have we? Let's have it right. You know, we've only got down the count loon, shoe on the Charleston into the. You're not going to get the same striker as as, as Dom count loon because he's he's a makeshift striker for Charleston. He's not an actual striker. He's a bit selfish. You know what I mean? He he wants to make runs in behind and. When you want someone to hold it up, he's, he just falls on the floor sometimes, which you don't even when it comes to that. So, yeah, I mean, how can I say it, Mick? I'm struggling for words with it because I'm confident, but I'd like to have seen a confident fit 11 going into that game where like there was no niggles, mm. everyone was ready to go. Maybe we had a couple of goals under our belt before before this game and you know, a lot of things have got to go for us in the day. A little bit of luck, a little nick here, maybe a possible penalty or something. And, you know, as Ben alluded to, an early goal, and, you know, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? And then come and see if you can break us down because we can definitely defend when it comes to that. Whenever we go banks of four, we're quite tough to break down. But the problem is we can't break teams down who go banks of four against us. So Liverpool are not going to do that. So there should be an opportunity for him to play players. He might have a bit more legs. It will be would be a good shout that Lee said then. Probably put him in, yeah, just as a bit of an outlet. James Rodriguez. I'll let someone else answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll answer it before it moves on quickly. I think I don't think it's a game for him that 
I don't think it's a game for him now. I think it's probably going to come a bit too um, too soon, if that makes sense. I think he's a great player, fantastic player. Like you know, but I'm sure if we're still in the game at 65 minutes, you know, he's a nice ace card to throw on, isn't he? I think. Ben, how how would you approach the game? Would you would you start James or? or would you call me Ben Ancelotti at the end of this round? You ready? <laughs> <laughs> um, we, look, we all know what Liverpool are good at. The full-backs bombing forward, um, very good on the ball, quick breaking notes, especially where last year. But a bit slower this year, but the, the full-backs love to bomb on and that's where most of their assists and goals come from. Um, for me, as Lee alluded to, that back four he stated, would uh, that'd be my back four as well. Godfrey right back, um, Mina and Keane and Lucas Dean left back. Um, it's a solid base. Uh, both full-backs have got pace there to cover the onslaught, but... For me, the key would be on the wings for me. Um, I'd be obviously playing Richarlison and Iwobi for me. Um, both in previous games, especially away from home, I've worked their bum off for, for Everton going up and down the lines. I think Richarlison's for a winger has still got one of the best defensive records in the Premier League for a winger. And he mm. will give you 100%. He might not be doing it the, the other end, but defensively, he will work his socks off. And you, you allude to a Hammers Rodriguez. Look, he is he is that player that can come up with something magical at a literal a blink of an eye. Now, for me, for him, I would be leaving him as the number 10 in a 4-3-3, so he'd be the point of a diamond. And he would sit on the likes of Wijnaldum or Thiago, who is going, they're going to come short in that sixth position, but leave Hammers in the free role. Let him, let him run round and let him pick up little slots of space when they go bombing forward. And he will play the pass and pray in Calvert-Lewin's fit. Because he is massive, running the channels, getting in the box. He's a goal scorer, isn't he? He's like the Inzaghi of our Everton team this year. So he's scoring the goals, the poaching, mm. finishing. Alan is another massive, massive. If he's back, he, he, he gives me a lot more confidence. Uh, Tom Davis, like I said, has been brilliant over the past few weeks. But Alan is a different kettle of fish altogether. He's a Brazilian international, brilliant on the ball defensively, and he's snide and loves the tackle, which we're all for. Gets us all off our seats and. And Decore, I can't go on about how much I love him. You, you all know, listen, how much I rave after Decore. But I feel like when Hammers is playing right mid, Decore has to slot him for like a right wing back position, like a right back. So, because obviously Hammers won't get back as much, um, Decore has to sit in and fill in. We get we get overrun in the midfield then. So, and if Decore obviously doesn't slip in there, you get the likes of Robertson and Mane running a Godfrey or Coleman, whoever decides to play. And two v one with players like who can produce a pass and finish like them two is just unheard of. That literally will set up a goal or an assist in the blink of an eye again. So, for me, I'd be looking to play a Wobi there to back up the uh, the onslaught coming down the wings with Charles on the other wing um, and look to obviously pick up the gaps. James is clever enough to obviously pick find these pockets of space uh, around the pitch. And if he can get in that pocket of space, he'd be on the break, find him. His touch is unbelievable. That's what's given the time on the ball. Find him. Look at your breaks and let's get at Liverpool. We're also a very, very physical, tall side, Evan. And you can see this year how many goals we're scoring from set pieces. Now, Liverpool have got a few centre-halves out. And they're not exactly the biggest team in the league, besides obviously when Van Dijk was playing. But we can cause them serious damage from set pieces and corners uh, Hmm. on Saturday. Obviously, Yari Mina and Michael Keane are scoring uh, quite well this year. They're contributing really well to the uh, the goal scoring chart. So, for me, they be they're going to be massive on on corners um, and obviously in defence too. So, for me, that's how I'd set up. Obviously, the same back four, 
Uh, the three in the midfield of Alan Decore and Hammers, if, if fit. Iwobi Richarlison on either side and pray to God Calvert-Lewin's fit. And as Carl said, he's massive and that's how I'd go at Liverpool. Mm. Bawley, do we have to make special provisions for Trent Alexander-Arnold? Um, uh, but not Robinson? really. I, I echo all the comments that the lads have said and it's all going to be how Ancelotti decides how he wants the game plan. This, um, He can play it in numerous ways and he can have... You know, Hunt has come on when it gets a little bit on the hour and he finds gaps if we're still in the game. But that's a gamble to take. You've got a world-class player who will create opportunities for you. Uh, so I still feel, I know what the derby is all about, you still need top-quality players like him because if you find space, you can hurt any opposition. And I do feel Awobi and Richie probably will be in the sides. But we need to learn from the Goodison performance. Um, you look back at that, that Liverpool did dictate in midfield because... We had runners not in the centre of the pitch, they were all outside wide, and we're probably too worried about the fullbacks. And yes, they are good to go forward, but let's look at how can we exploit them. You know, can we half cheat a little bit? Um, can we sort of stand the ground? And if Robertson goes and he doesn't receive the ball, that's that's down to your other midfields putting pressure on it. Last year we had we knew their strength of Liverpool, we knew the strength of Alex Arnold's long balls, we knew Manny was a threat. Trent pinged the ball from 45 yards under no whatsoever and it fell to Mane unmarked by five mm. Everton players. So it doesn't matter sort of what you do. If you're not going to put pressure on the ball and on your opposition, they're going to they're gonna hurt you. So that is a, is a massive problem no matter who you're playing. But when you've got against top quality sides, you know, it counts. But we've got to look at ourselves. We go, when we get the ball, who's going to hurt them? So what's our game plan? You know, if we the back four, I agree with. But you know, if, if Alan plays or the if the Corey's in there or Davis, if we win the ball, what are we going to do with it? You know, are we just going to kick it 30, 40 yards and then get up the pitch and defend again and let the onslaught? Like that was basically the Goodison game. You know, it was uh, it wasn't good to watch. We were, you know, we were sitting back for the majority of the game, and you're thinking, where's our goals going to come from? And I think we need to learn from that. Is have that belief mm. and go look. I have nothing to lose. When we win the ball, where's our where's where's Hammers? Let's go and find him. And when Hammers gets the ball, he hopefully DCL or Richie makes a run in behind in the spaces where the full backs leave, and we're hurting them because then that's when their their belief will start going down, and they'll have to start coming deeper and deeper for the ball. You know, when you see you keep on sort of sitting back, it creates that sort of belief for the opposition to creep forward a bit more so they're winning the ball you know in our own third or in our own half and they're, they're on top of us you know we don't want that you know but unfortunately I think that the way Ancelotti set up a uh, majority of our teams we have been winning football games with a lot of our players behind the ball you know we're winning headers Keane and me have been winning headers in our box and you know you've seen Richie on the edge of the box picking up the second ball Um yeah it's sort of working for us at times but You've got to think of how you're going to win the game. You know, not just about you know, can we get a point. You've got to go out and try and be positive, and hope and try and hurt the opposition. I feel that we need runners in the team, so I feel probably Awobi and Richie, but and hopefully fingers crossed, DCL will all be beyond that pitch because they need the threat obviously to follow both fullbox at times, but also to cheat when it's actually not on. Don't let them force you back twenty yards when it's unnecessary. You know, and um, you know, Hammers has done it before. Mm. You know, Hammers does. You know, he doesn't do it all the time. You know, he's tracked back at times, but also he's stood his ground and he's made a decision for the fullback to go, well, I can't actually go now because if he gets it, he's going to hurt us. So let them question us and have a belief in ourselves. 
Okay, guys, it's that time again. It's prediction time, boys. Uh, the 239th Merseyside Derby. Lee, we're going to come to yeah, you first. Snappy hands off a 1-1 now, mate. 1-1. Carl? Oh, he sat on the <laughs> fence, Lee, there, didn't he? <laughs> so, yeah. oh. The best you're getting from me tonight, though. Can I just say there's going to be a red card, Mick? <laughs> um, I think... Yeah. I'm going to go with a board of nil-nil. Nil-nil. I've been criticised of late for not being very positive about these goal predictions. So, you mm-hmm. know what? one nil Everton. It's live in Colombia, apparently, for the first Ball time. Eight. So, I'm going ha- Hamez corner, Mina header, last minute. one nil Blues. <laughs> Yeah. No, I pray. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 1 1 and 1 1. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening as always. You'll be able to hear us again Saturday evening just after half nine with all the fallout and all the post match reviews from the Merseyside Derby. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and all the Cheers, best. Cheers, lads. Thank you. Thanks for listening to A View From The Bullens in partnership with the Fitrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.